Broncos country. Let's ride with Touchdown Denver. Touchdown Denver. Hosted by Nick Ferguson and George Stoya. Touchdown Denver. All right, everybody, welcome into another episode of Touchdown Denver, hosted by myself, George Story, the Denver Gazette, my good friend Nick Ferguson. Uh, Nick, how you doing, man? I'm doing spectacular, George. And hey, guess what? We were both right. Now, now all season long, we've been a little apart as far as Broncos winning, Broncos losing, but the Broncos won. How about that, George? It was, I, uh, you know, it's a miracle. A um... <laughs> January, January 8th miracle. Um, as I try to fix my camera here, I'm all blurry, Nick. But Nick, I think we got to start the show though with how the game started, or I guess before the game even started. Uh, you were on the microphone, uh, emceeing, uh, like I don't even know what that was, Nick. You, you, they, somebody, somebody decided it was a good idea to let Nick Ferguson have a microphone to the entire stadium and uh, was just screaming to get everybody hyped up. And it, I guess it, uh, I guess it helped the Broncos. I mean, I don't know, Nick. Did it help the Broncos today? Well, you know what, George? I do not want to take credit for the Broncos' victory. Uh, For me, I just wanted to do uh, my part and help out as much as I can and get the crowd into it because, believe it or not, regardless of what the season is, I mean, we really rely on that energy from the crowd. And uh, the crowd definitely showed up. And I guess it helps when you started making some plays on the offensive side of the ball, and you scored 31 points. Yeah, well, and and it just – it felt like it all kind of came together for the Broncos today, Nick. And, and uh, you know, let's just kind of start with the offensive side of the football because I, I thought that that's where uh, the game was won today. I mean, they scored a season-high 31 points, Nick. Um, you know, Russell Wilson was sharp. Uh, I think he was 13 of 24, 200-something yards, three touchdowns, one interception, uh, which the interception – I, I don't know if it was necessarily his fault. Maybe he shouldn't have thrown that ball, uh, but it was a great play uh, by the Chargers defender. Deflected a couple times and, and eventually caught. But Nick, what what stood out to you about the way the Broncos' offense really moved the ball again this week? I mean, it, going back to even next week, we talked about it all week. They looked competent against the Chiefs, uh, moving the ball, doing some different things. They they stuck with that this week. That you saw the two back sets, the diamond set. Um, you know, a lot of play action type stuff. It just looks like really good football. And again, it kind of makes you sit back and go, where was this all year? Yeah, that's the first thing I thought because we were seeing different uh, type of backfield sets that we had never seen before. And you're right. The offense had a little more fluidity to it. And that's the first thing that came up uh, in my mind. Like, where was this before? I know they say that Justin Allen was the OC, but was he involved with the play calling? Was it? Clint Kubiak, what was it, uh, Nathaniel Hackett, and what it really did showcase that there were some problems in that uh, offensive room as far as scheming the plays, and even though it, it really sucks to have anyone lose their job, but how well have the Broncos' offense actually played with Hackett not being in the building? I had to unmute myself there, Nick. I just went on a, a little bit of a tangent there about Nathaniel Hackett. I've got all sorts of problems here. My camera's messing up. Uh, I mute myself, but yeah, Nick, I, I think that Hackett obviously was a part of the problem. You and I have dissected that it, he was obviously an issue and, and there was a lot of things um, that he did that, that probably hindered this team. Now that said, I still think there's still some issues with this team, Nick, like this, this, 
and we'll get into this later, but like there's still, uh, you know, times that, that, you know, they go to sleep, it seems like on offense or defense, even that opening drive, um, you know, the, the Chargers were able to go right down the field. So, um, yeah, I, I think that, 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 yeah, it, it makes you wonder if Justin Allen was the play caller all year, would this have been a different team? I don't know. I, I don't know if they would have still reached the playoffs. I still think that they need to get better, you know, players on the offensive line. I think they, they have some holes in some other areas. They need some other playmakers to step up. But I thought overall, man, like Sunday showed that maybe this team can be pretty good in the future. Yeah, it, it did. And, and here's the biggest thing is that we saw improvement. I, I know, I mean, it, it's it's not the record that you want, 5-12, and 12, and missing the, the playoffs and going through another head coach uh, search. But George Payton said this dating back to – the week they went over across the pond to play the Jacksonville Jaguars. He just wanted to see improvement. And that's what we've seen in the past two weeks. The Broncos in the first meeting with the Kansas City Chiefs, they kind of went toe-to-toe. They had a great second half. Then they played them well on their home field, which, you know, none of us thought at first that they would be able to do that, that this would be a team that was licking their wounds and looking to the offseason and just kind of the war is me type of attitude. But they continue to fight. And then – coming to the game and looking as though they were playing against the Chargers team, which everyone thought coming in, well, maybe the Chargers will decide to sit their starters. But that's the one thing, George, that makes today's game so important. The Broncos won a game, of course, great, awesome. But they beat a team that's going to the playoffs. I mean, when you think about it, the Broncos, as, as, as awful as the season has been thus far, they beat the Jags, who are headed to the playoffs. They beat the Chargers, headed to the playoffs. They beat the 49ers, who are going to play this upcoming Saturday on Wild Card Weekend. So those are three teams that they did beat who are playoff bound. So that tells you that some of the talent is there, right? Yeah, you mentioned the offensive line. They have they need to change that. But some of the talent is there, George. But they did a good job. And, and I'm really proud of the work that they put in today. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, I, again, you know, some of the veteran guys really stepped up today. Again, Nick, Latavius Murray, again, we're the, you know, co-captains of the, you know, Latavius Murray fan club here. Uh, 15 <laughs> carries, 103 yards, a touchdown. Dude was just a stud again today, um, deserving of another game ball. I believe he got one. Uh, Justin Simmons, right, leader of this team last mm-hmm. several years, comes up with two forced fumbles. Uh, first uh a Broncos safe to do that, Nick, since John Lynch uh, in 2005. I don't know if you know that. But your, your your good buddy John Lynch was the last safety to do that uh, for the Broncos in one game. Um, you know, you had some young guys even step up, Nick. How about Jaquan McMillan? Yeah. Uh, my guy. I, I was talking to him after the game, and I said, hey, man. And he goes, I remember you. And I was like, yep, I talked to you back in training camp uh, and wrote a little story on him. And, um, you know, he was impressive back then I know he had a couple injuries this year didn't get any playing time all year comes in 
plays great, gets still gets gets robbed of an interception of a pick six. Uh, uh, that was such yeah. a brutal call. I couldn't believe they didn't overturn that. Um, and I I still think if they would have called it an interception on the field, which they should have, uh, because that's what a referee should do is let the play happen as if it were one. Uh, they wouldn't have overturned it and it would have been an interception. But oh well. I was talking to him after the game. Uh, great kid. I uh, was super excited for that moment. So good for him. Uh, Jerry Judy, we'll get into a little bit later. Five catches, 154 yards, great game. So, yeah, Nick, I think that you look at this and you take away that, yeah, it's disappointing the way the season ended, but there are there were a lot of, you know, bright spots, um, you know, that, that really showed out today. And I, I think that that was the most impressive part for me, Nick. What, what was something that uh, you took away from this game? Uh, maybe it was the offense, defense, whatever. Maybe it was a certain player. Oh, what maybe impressed you the most? Well, how about Cortland Sutton finally getting in the yeah. end zone? I think it was what uh, dating back to week four, which is hard to believe that it's taken him this long to get into the end zone. And I know, I know a lot of these guys have incentives in their contract, and Sutton being one of those guys. Now that one touchdown is not going to get him closer to his uh, seasonal bonus, but at the same time, it was great to see him get into the end zone. Eric Thomason, how about that? You know, getting involved with the action. So he had two this year, Nick. Yes, two this year, and he yes. didn't have any uh, in his his previous years. Yeah, so so that's a season high for Eric Thomason. So to me, it was all around great game offensively to see them move the ball down the field and have explosive plays. And how about Russell getting outside the pocket? So many people are saying that. Well, what are you going to do to fix it, right? Like he's broken or or, or he's washed. To me, we saw a lot of vintage Russell Wilson plays rolling outside the pocket and throwing on the run. So that was great to see. Nick, what would you like about Jerry Rosberg these last two weeks? Because uh, our good pal Jerry, I, I highly doubt we hear from him again uh, anytime soon. Uh, I, I think that he's kind of made it clear that uh, he, he probably won't get back into coaching um, you know, obviously he retired after the, the 2018 season in Baltimore gets asked to come back. It's thrown into an, a weird situation these last two weeks. But what'd you think uh, of the way Jerry went out on top today? I, I really like that because he talked about it early in the week, wanting to send these fans, these players, these coaches who are going to be out of work uh, tomorrow. He wanted to send them off with, with the W and, you know, Jerry Rossberg may not coach another NFL game as a head coach, but right now he stands 500, right? He is, he went toe to toe with Kansas city and should have won that game. If it were not for, uh, let me guess officials. Yes. Those zebras uh, cost the Broncos a game and almost tried to do it again today. But Rossberg had those guys playing, uh, I guess an expired inspired, uh, style of football, and he gave Justin Allen uh, an opportunity to really showcase what he can do. And with all the bad things that everyone said about this team, about Russell, the play call, and whatever, now we got a chance to see in two and back-to-back weeks, you know, maybe Clint Kubiak and Justin Allen in, in concert with one another put up a nice little product on the field. One week you scored 28 points. The next week you scored 31 points. Could you imagine, George, where would the Broncos would be at this particular point if they were able to put those types of points on the board and, and dig this first game of the season, two farmers inside the red zone, right? And they, and they didn't beat Seattle. Now Seattle is going to the playoffs. 
Yeah, Nick, I think I saw somewhere that uh, if the Broncos scored 20 points in every game this year, I think they would have finished like 10 and 7 or 11 and 6 and would have made the playoffs. Uh, obviously would have kind of flipped roles there with the Chargers, obviously, who are headed to the playoffs. Uh, so that, again, you look back and you're like, damn, what what could have been with this group, right? Um, right. But I do think Justin Alton deserves his flowers, right? These last two weeks, man, the offense has been rolling. And again, I don't know how much is him. He's obviously has a hand in it, right? Um, I don't know if, if Jerry Rosberg is actually an offensive genius and we just didn't know it. And he's the guy behind the scenes that, you know, changed some of what they're doing. I highly doubt that. But I think, honestly, a, a lot of this coaching staff, Nick, again, a lot of these guys probably won't be back next year, right? Uh, uh, we'll get into that later this week. But for them to go out these last few weeks uh, when they're really not playing for anything, Nick, they're playing for pride, right? Um, they're, they're playing for their next contract or whatever. But for these coaches to have, you know, these guys prepared these last few weeks, uh, despite everything going on, you know, inside the organization, I think is a credit to those guys. And um, it's again, it's going to be interesting to see where some of them land because, I mean, I think Justin Alton has proved enough these last couple of weeks that he deserves a shot, you know, somewhere, maybe not to be a play caller right away, but uh, to contribute in some fashion to an NFL team. I think he, the guy clearly is helpful. I think Clint Kubiak has proven that throughout his career uh, and some of these other coaches. So it, again, it's going to be interesting to see how that all shakes out. Well, George, that's the rather disappointing part of this whole situation, especially after the performance that we've seen from the offense over the past two two days, I mean, two weeks. But you think about those, those coaches, some of those offensive coaches who probably said in those offensive meetings, heard things kind of uh, put together from a game plan, plan standpoint, and were not really on board with what was actually going on. And because you're an assistant coach, you can't really speak up and say the things that you want to say to say, coach, hey, maybe we should do this. Maybe we shouldn't do that. But it's it's unfortunate that because they didn't have the ability to speak up in that way, that they, too, find themselves on the unemployment line with Nathaniel Hackett. And I think, to me, that's one of the travesties when we look at this 2022 season for the Denver Broncos. Yeah. It definitely is. And again, it, it, we'll see what happens. I mean, I, obviously, I think a lot of the offensive staff will be gone. I know the defensive staff, uh, obviously, Jero Evero's interviewing for the head coaching job. So if he gets it, he's going to be around. And I think there's a chance that whoever comes in as the next head coach is want is going to want to keep him um, as their defense coordinator because you saw what they were able to do. But um, as for the offensive guys, again, we'll see in the, in the coming days what, what happens. Uh, but, Nick, we got to take a quick break. Uh, and then we'll dive into some of these individual performances uh, from, you know, guys like Jerry Judy, Russell Wilson. I, I want to dive into some of what he said post game because, uh, man, did he give us a lot, Nick, 30 minutes worth of, of audio there from his press conference. But uh, be careful what you asked for, George. <laughs> yeah, we'll dive into all of that here after this quick break. <laughs> 